5AA Breakfast. David Penberthy and Will Goodings. Weekdays from 6 till 9 on Adelaide's 5AA. 24 minutes to 8. John Blake not too far away. Then after 8, breaking at 8. And the first interview with Christopher Pine that you will hear uh, since he announced that he is resigning from federal politics at the next federal election. It's time to look at matters around the courts here in South Australia. Sean Fuster broke the biggest story in the land yesterday, one that had our text line absolutely running hot, mm. as were the tempers of people when they when they heard the story. Sean, good morning to you, man. Good morning, and I don't blame any of them at all. When this crossed my patch, I, you know, it's one of those times that you, as a journalist you just look and go, this can't actually be right. <laughs> a, lo- a lot of ridiculous things happen, especially within courthouses, especially within public service. A lot of bizarre things happen with attempts to rehabilitate people. But surely no. Surely no one's actually signed off on the idea that Colin Humphreys, of all people, should be given a gardener, a cleaner, a personal shopper, and a driver to aid his rehabilitation. A physiotherapist to be able to re- aid his rehabilitation. Surely not. It felt to me like that story, in a, in a much broader sense is the sort of high watermark of a, 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 a modern mindset where personal responsibility counts for nothing anymore. The idea that it's the job of the taxpayers to step in and fill the void of, of, of talent, wit and capacity for someone who has chosen not to develop skills that everybody else regards as, as sort of, you know, bedrock abilities that you need to take part in civil society. But, what, why is it our job? Yeah, well, and, and further, why is someone who has broken the law in the sickest possible way entitled to then, on the other side, come out in a better situation than half the people that are living in society at the moment that don't get access to physiotherapists, gardeners, drivers, yeah, yeah, cooks, and totally. whatnot? So, why, so you've actually you've broken the contract with society and you've paid the price, but on the other side of it, you'll be better off? than a whole heap of people out in society that have done nothing wrong. Yeah, yeah here's the thing. That's fundamentally stuffed. Yeah, it totally. is, and here's the thing. There was an excellent two-page article in the Tizer over the weekend by my friend Andrew Dowdle where he went to the parole board mm. and he watched people come before Francis Nelson QC and the rest of the parole board and say, I want to be let out, I'm ready to go, I've rehabilitated, I've done this program, I've done that program. I commend the article to everyone because Francis would look at them and say, look, I've been here a long time, I've heard these excuses before, and she's yep. very good at weeding out who is and who is not genuine in their attempts to rehabilitate. Let's say 50%, let's be fair, 50% of those people are actually genuinely ready to rehabilitate. Mm. You give them access to some of these resources. These men have been in prison, these men and women, 15, 20 years. You give them access to the sorts of resources that were going to be promised to Humphreys. They are going to rehabilitate Mm. because they're going to get out and go, I don't know how to use a, what's a self-checkout at a supermarket? I don't understand. I'm getting frustrated. I'm getting scared. I'm getting angry. Oh, wait, here's Bill, my personal shopper, to explain to me how that works. After a couple of times, I know what I'm doing. For someone who has genuinely rehabilitated, so political beliefs on that will differ, I think that someone in that situation can use the help. But that help's never offered to them. It's offered to Colin Humphreys, who has no intention whatsoever of controlling his sexual instincts, Mm -hmm. no ability whatsoever to control his sexual instincts on every report that has been handed up so far. And we know that there's one more report coming, so we can't completely let go on that topic yet. But on every report available, he's got no interest, no capacity to control himself. He doesn't rehabilitate. He doesn't want to rehabilitate. And yet we're going to let him out and we're going to give him access to all these services that we wouldn't give 
to Bill and Mary and everyone else who have done the hard yakker in prison to actually yeah. change their ways. Particularly too, I think, in an area like Bowdoin-Brompton, that despite the fact that it's becoming more gentrified and it's becoming home to more professionals and it's got what I regard as that really clever, what's it called, where all the medium density housing is with that, that big park where the food trucks go. Like a transport-oriented development. Yeah, that's right. That's the, mm. that's the term that they use for it. But at the same time, it's still home to a lot of people in public housing. It's still home to a lot. It's been traditionally, it's, it's, it's almost like a, you know, Ruth Park, half of the South type suburb, you know, an old um, working class suburb with heaps of public housing where a lot of people lived in those little, you know, workers' cottages. No one's, no one's given a leg up to those people. Not at all. Just through the, the vagaries of, of life, having been, you know, born on the wrong side of the tracks are still there. And here's what concerns me probably the most about this report. It's been told to me that this report was conduct was generated by someone sitting down and speaking with Humphreys about what he feels his needs would be if he was released back into the public. Now, So this is like his impertinent wish list. Once upon a time, Double X said in an interview on the Tizer that the scariest thing about Humphreys is how manipulative he is. And we also know from Humphreys' offending history that he can meet, groom, and offend against a child in 30 minutes, within 30 mm. minutes of meeting them, he can be doing the evil things that he does to them. Clearly, it didn't take very long for him to manipulate and twist this report writer who has believed, for whatever reason, everything Humphreys has said. Oh, no, you can't use a broom? Okay, you, you don't know how to use a vacuum cleaner? All right, tick, tick, tick. What does that say about how manipulative this man is? How well, devious it, he is? The, the full court questioned... Is it really legitimate to believe that he could be this devious? Your Honour, I point you to the occupational therapist report. Yeah, well, this well said, but beyond that, it's it's a it's it points to a type of manipulation that is rooted in a completely unaltered sense of victimhood on his part. Where and and to be honest, not cutting the guy any slack, um, because I I don't know why the horrors of his life and his behaviour thereafter should become a problem that everybody in Bowdoin-Brompton has to adjust themselves for. But when you read the full Justice Kelly report and you read about the fact that Humphreys himself was the victim of abuse when he was really young and his life, in the same way as that Schuster bloke in Kilburn, he has had a shocking life, but he has used that foundation to himself become a, a, a complete monster but you get the sense that he feels like, well, this is just me. This is the way it is, and there's nothing that can really be done, which goes to his sense of not wanting to change, not not wanting to recognise, as Francis Nelson told us yesterday, that he that he has done terrible things and that he may yet do them again. His whole MO seems to be, I'm the victim here, I need all the help I can get, and, um, you know, what have you got for me? <laughs> he might be a master manipulator. And he's done all these things, and, and, and he's right. But what does it say about a system where a uni-educated professional like an occupational therapist can be convinced that someone needs a cleaner? Like, I kind of get the argument about, you know, you need to be taught how to use an ATM because maybe you went into, you were in, been in prisons in the 70s or something. Let's just talk about that, totally abstract it. Okay, I get that. You might need a little bit of help. But a cleaner? Why is that even on the table? What's he been doing in prison if he hasn't been cleaning? <laughs> that, that, I mean, that is... That, that is so far off in its own orbit, it's in a different galaxy. That but, makes... but, what, but what we're seeing, though, I reckon, and without getting, getting too Radio National about this, there's a fantastic guy called Theodore Dalrymple, who is a criminologist and a, and a GP who works in the prison system in Britain. 
he wrote this um, remor- remarkable um, essay called The Knife Went In, and it's based on his interviews with prisoners who've done terrible things, kill people and so forth. And, and this is his brainiac term for it. He calls it the exculpatory syntax of the criminal underclass. Exculpatory mm. like, comes from the Latin word culpa for culpable. Yep. So exculpatory is language that suggests you're not at fault. And he says the common th- thread that runs through his interviews with all of these prisoners who've done evil things is they say the knife, oh, at that point the knife went in. Not I put the knife in. Yeah, or the gun went yeah. off. That's the, the other one. The detachment from the yeah. act. Or, you know, and then I was just so drunk that, um, you know, crashed. I had a brain snap. Or mm. the car crashed. Yeah, no, you were driving it. You were holding it. You were firing it. But this idea that people have no agency, that there's just these uncontrollable external forces that ultimately, in their poor sad minds, get them off the hook. And, and that's is, exactly what we're seeing with this guy. And here's the problem with Humphreys. As long as we keep talking about him in terms of unwilling or incapable to control his sexual instincts. Yeah. I mean, unwilling is the most important part there. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. Incapable yeah. is a medical issue. You need to go somewhere where you can't hurt anybody because you are uncontrollable, but unwilling. Yeah. Right yeah, there. yeah, that but, goes right to there. that goes to. But I see there's two separate desire. issues here. There's the whole explanation of Humphreys and how he explains his existence and what he's done, how he might think he was the victim. But then there's someone sat down and wrote a report. Yeah. Now you know he, he could have written t- that, he could have written that report himself. Well, this is what I'm going to. I was literally did. about to say, why does it appear that the person who you know your knife went in analysis applies to appears to have written their own report? Mm, they're almost no, a, that's they're almost a totally a different argument. Exactly. That, the, the explanation for that. Totally eludes me. I don't. I, I wish I had one. Yeah. Be, to be honest with you, I wish I had one. Like I said at the very start of this segment, when I got told that this report existed, my honest response was, "You're joking. Yeah. <laughs> you are joking." Yeah. Yeah. That, that 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 more than anything we've said in the last six minutes, mate, is it just the two word statement that makes the most sense? Someone of something said, that's hard to make. Someone sense said of. to me on social media after the report after my story went out. Do you just sit in court and shake your head all day, every day? I said, no, just most of the day, mm. most days. <laughs> yeah. Mm. It'd be, uh, it would be funny if it weren't true. Mm. Mm. Who cleans your house, Sean? Me. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> 30 minutes to wait. Uh, Sean Fuster joins us as we go around the courts each and every Wednesday morning. Uh, sometimes it's more feels more like you know, Sean Fuster's Believe It or Not. Yeah, no. <laughs> Good. I'm good with that. Yeah, we should go with that. Hey, um, you've got a uh, you're off on a wrestling jaunt for the next five days. Are we going to see you next week? Or uh, probably not. I'll still be off. Uh, World Series Wrestling is back in Australia. Kicks off tomorrow night at HQ Complex in Adelaide, and then we tour two nights in Melbourne, two nights in Sydney with the best of the international performers taking on the best of Australia's performers. So it's going to be fantastic. I saw two overnight sad news out of the States, King Kong King Bundy. King Kong Bundy, one oh. of my earliest memories of wrestling, um, being legitimately terrified that he was going to kill Hulk Hogan in a steel cage yeah. back in the days before we understood how wrestling worked. So it's a, <laughs> it's a pretty solid memory. <laughs> pretty solid memory. Good on you, Sean. Thanks, Thanks guys. Sean.